Um, the next command we are to obey is found in verse 6. So I'll just read down to there. So for this one has been counted worthy, I'm reading verse 3, has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So I actually... Um, what I typed in was the NIV because I like that version better. So I'll, I'll read off the notes. It says, the next command we are to obey is found in verse 6. Quote, but Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory unto the end. Okay, so... The next command is to hold firmly, and that is a Greek verb, kateko, and it means to hold fast, to lay hold of, to keep secure, to possess, to retain. I got this picture of someone water skiing who's holding on <laughs> with both hands, you know, and being pulled along, and there's a lot of like resistance from the water. I've mm -hmm. never actually water skied in my life before. Um, but, you know, you wouldn't want to let go or you'd just be left behind. So it's like hold on to our faith and confidence and hope in Jesus, no matter what opposition we have. And then he, he's the one driving the boat. He will get us there where we need to go to our heavenly calling. We don't let go. So it's really important that we hold tight, okay, and not just be casual and, you know, oh, the first wave, we get scared and let go and drown or <laughs> lose our destiny. Okay, so, um, and on a side note, this verb, kateko, is used by Jesus in Luke 8.15, where it says, but the seeds that fell on good ground good soil are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with perseverance so there the verb is used to for those who keep the word in their heart and they will bear fruit with perseverance so it all goes together it's um, an important concept that when God deposits his word in our heart that we need to hang on to it and um, hold firmly to it put our hope and our trust in it okay what do we need to hold firmly keep secure possess and retain um, the first thing is our confidence which in Greek is parousia and it means literally freedom in speech really interesting with our political times um, but that's actually in the Bible freedom in speech <laughs> and yeah it's a Christian 
thing. God wants us to have boldness. It means boldness, openness in speech, uh, leaving a witness that something deserves to be remembered. So, um, yeah. So if you think about it, back in their day, they didn't have freedom of speech. They just had to risk their lives to speak what they believed. And if it meant they got stoned or put in jail, oh well. But, you know, they had been with Jesus and they couldn't help but <laughs> speak. And he told them to go and preach good news. So they just did it, whether there was a legal right in the government or not. And they just, um, you know, they had the Holy Spirit to give them boldness for that. And the other thing we hold firmly is our hope. El peace in Greek, which means uh, expectation, hope, trust, and confidence. So God would not tell us to hold firmly to our confidence and hope in Christ if we were not going to be tempted to quit and to live for the temporary pleasures of this life. Mm, good point. Say law. Okay, what is the promise we will receive if we hold fast our confidence and hope in Christ? Anybody want to read back? If you read through the verse again, um, it will tell you what the promise is. We will become his, I heard it back, house. His house. We will become God's house. That's our promise. Uh, and this, or you can put dwelling place or tabernacle. Um, this is a high privilege. So I'll just read that again. It says, Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory unto the end. So in the Greek, it does say unto the end, like until Jesus comes back, until, until the last day, we need to hold our confidence. And then... Um, Revelation 21.3. It is a, not a small thing to be the dwelling place or the house of God. Revelation 21.3 says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. So that is God's heart. It's his desire is to have a holy people that want to dwell with him. You know, he, he wants to be wanted. He wants to be invited. He wants to be welcomed into our lives. And, you know, he's he's the author of hospitality. <laughs> you know, he wants us to be members of his household, to be at home with him. He wants to dwell with us and have us dwell with him. He's our dwelling place, and he wants us to be his dwelling place. Okay, and then First um, Peter 2, 5 says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And um, so that's just another example of scripture that we are to be the dwelling place of God. But um, when I was reading that, I got this revelation. I thought this was really cool that we are the temple of God, the holy priesthood, and the living sacrifices. Mm -hmm. 
Isn't that amazing? It's like, to the Jews, like, their temple was like, ooh, ah, this great building. And then the priests were like, you know, these holy people, very special. And then the sacrifices, of course, were to be like, without blemish, you know, the perfect lamb or goat or cow. But we are now all three of those. Isn't that wild? <laughs> we're the temple, the priest, and the sacrifice. <laughs> I just think that's really interesting. <laughs> okay, so the next two commands we are to obey are in verses 7 through 11. And these two commands are two choices. Does someone want to read? Maybe I should. Okay, today if you will hear his voice, okay, that's verse 7, so we have to choose to hear God's voice, because it says if you will hear his voice, so it doesn't say if you hear his voice, it says if you will hear, so it's like we have to choose to be listening, um, and that verse is quoted from Psalm 95, verse 7, so in the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew, so the Hebrew word for hear is shama, which means to hear and obey. It means to perceive, to discern. So it's not just, yeah, yeah, you know, and you ignore what is being said. It really means to hear and obey. And that's actually part of the, the first commandment in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter four, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that where it says, Hear, O Israel, that's Shama. It means hear and obey. So that's actually like the first commandment. Okay, so um, and then number the second commandment is do not harden your hearts. So if we hear his voice, do not harden our hearts. We have to choose not to harden our hearts. The consequences of not hearing God's voice and of hardening our hearts are, what's the first one? Verse 10. Anybody want to guess? Angry. God will be angry with us. And number two, verse 10 again. His ways. We will not know God's ways. And the third one, we will not enter God's rest. rest. Good. So these are serious consequences. All right. And then the next command to obey is to beware. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So our next command is to what? I kind of put them in bold. So be really beware. Yes, beware. Okay. And um, beware of having a what? What kind of heart? Evil. An evil heart. An evil heart of unbelief which departs from the living God. 
So the Greek word beware is blepo. It means to look at, to take heed, to behold, to beware, to perceive, to see. So in other words, we need to like be alert and pay attention to the condition of our heart. Um, so I'll read. It says, this would indicate that the condition of our heart is our responsibility and that an evil heart of unbelief is a choice that can be avoided by being careful and watchful over our hearts. Taking time with the Lord to let him expose evil in our hearts and repent, get rid of the evil, is therefore of great value. Okay, and from this verse, we can learn three things about unbelief. Number one, unbelief is a Okay, um, and unbelief is evil, mm -hmm. and unbelief causes us to separate or depart from God. Yeah, God. Okay. Unbelief is a danger that we need to be aware of, like the signs people post on their gates. Beware of dog. Just as a mean dog can hurt us, unbelief can hurt us. Okay, first it separates us from God and from his will for our lives. We experience God's anger instead of his favor. And it keeps us from entering God's rest, which therefore we would be perpetually restless. And then six, uh, the next or the last um, command is also God's solution is to exhort or encourage one another daily. That's verse 13. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And the Greek word uh, for exhort is parakaleo, which means to call near, to invite, to encourage, to comfort, to entreat, to pray, and to beseech. Okay. And it comes from para, which means from close beside, and kaleo, which means to call. Okay, so this is the root word for parakletos, which is the, um, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit, which means legal advocate. And it also means helper. It means helper, encourager, and comforter. And uh, those are the scriptures in John about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because he is close enough to the situation. So that's just from the notes. But um, yeah, so we need to encourage or come, come alongside and entreat one another or encourage one another daily so that we don't become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin.
So in other words, so it wouldn't say that if it, you know, if we weren't going to need encouragement to to keep in the race, to keep holding on to our hope and our faith and our confidence in God. And so, so it's important to be part of the body, to not isolate ourselves, if possible. You know, if you were arrested and put in prison in solitary confinement, and God would have another, he'd probably be right there with you. <laughs> or an angel, you get direct encouragement from heaven. But, so that's just, you know, we need to like stay connected to one another so that we can tell each other, you know, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with this, or you can say, hey, you seem like you're, you know, having a bad day, what's going on in your heart? You know, it's all about the heart, and um, that's where God dwells, and so. All right, anyone have any comments, questions? Cheryl? Yeah, I wanted to read um, from the Passion Translation. Um, awesome. The, Verse 2, as, as another word for consider. Um, can, can, can you all hear Cheryl? No. Would it be possible to come up and read it on the mic? Sure. Okay. Can you repeat sure. it? Sh Cheryl will be up here. Yeah. She's. Well, I promise not to take an hour to get up there. <laughs> um, she's. Chapter 2, just another way for us to um, think about the word consider. Um, is this in chapter 3? Not chapter 2, sorry, verse 2. Okay. Is it verse 2 or verse 1? Can you one? come over to the mic? Oh, alright. So this is the Passion Translation. Verse one. Yeah, it's all verse 1. Can you hear me? Hi. Alright, so I am going to read the Passion Translation and uh, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, you are now made holy. And each of you is invited to the feast of your heavenly calling. So fasten your thoughts fully onto Jesus, whom we embrace as our apostle and king priest. So I thought another word for consider is to fasten your thoughts. Good. Like fasten your seatbelt. Mm. Here we go. Mm. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Right. Questions from the Jitsi? Any questions from the Jitsi? Anybody have any questions or comments on Jitsi or? So, um, you know, if you have a hermit or, or a monk out in the wilderness, how does how do they? Is it only directly downloaded from God, or is that where does that live? This whole idea of being needing to be around and, um, other believers so that we are not part. Well, not, none of the apostles and disciples were monks. Um, John the Baptist is probably the closest since he lived out in the desert. But he was a prophet. And, um, so can you repeat the question? Oh, the question is, if you're a monk or a hermit, how can you obey this command to encourage each other daily? Oh, I see. So. Yeah, monks are different from hermits. They have, they have their own community. Oh, monks are different than hermits because monks do live in community. 
Hey, it might. Does that does that answer you, uh, Charlie? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, monks are around people. They're just around more people. Other monks. Maybe, and Amy, it sounds like she might want to have some feedback as well. Amy, did you want to comment on that? Maybe, maybe just answer my question, but this thing about having a hardened heart is a big deal. I mean, that, that's what your whole passage is basically saying. Do not, do not harden your heart. So, um, I guess a two-parter, how do you make sure your own heart is not hardened, and what do you do if you're around somebody where you think, I think their heart might be hardened? And I, don't, I don't know if you thought about that, but. Okay, Dan has two questions. <laughs> what do you do if your heart is hardened? If you suspect your own heart is hardened, if how you do you stop your heart from your own hard? heart is hardened? And what if you're around somebody else who um, you think, well, maybe their heart is hardened? And what if you're around someone else that um, you think they might have a hard heart? Do you want me to answer that? If you, yeah, I, okay. I mean, it seems and like then if anyone else wants to give their two cents, um, well, actually, and a third part. If anybody's ever had a hardened heart and somebody brought them out of it, I'd love to hear the story. Mm. You know, mm. um. that's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> back to question one: How do you know if you have a hard heart? 
I would say ask God to show you. <laughs> Do what this says, you know. Um, examine your heart, you know. Be beware. In other words, take a look at, take a look at your heart with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and say, Lord, what's the condition of my heart? Is this, is it good, or is there some hardness in there? Um, am I walking in faith in every area of my life, or am I walking in unbelief? Is there some area of my life where I have closed my ears? To the voice of the Lord and I'm just like nope not going there you cannot tell me to do this or that because I will you know my ears are shut in that area Lord um, so yeah so examine your your own heart with, with the Lord with the Holy Spirit who comes alongside you to encourage you not condemn you right so he's going to help you get rid of that hardness and I would say that the first thing to do is see, is there someone I need to forgive? Has someone hurt me? And I just, you know, I've just made up my mind I'm not going to be hurt again. So I've just, mm -hmm. you know, hardened my heart. Like, mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe I've closed my heart off to that person who hurt me. Maybe I'm holding some bitterness, a grudge, many grudges against that person. So again, it would be asking the Lord to help me forgive, you know, up to 70 times 7, 490 times. Um, it's probably unlikely that anyone's ever hurt you that many times. So um, just keep on forgiving. Ask God to take away the callousness and, um, you know, give that person a second chance or a, a 400th chance. Anyone else want to look through? You know, when I, I was thinking, verse 15 says, Today, if you hear his voice, I'm doing an ASB. Um, but today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. We're talking about that hardened heart. So maybe one of, one of the, um, the signs or whatever is that we're not really hearing from the Lord. That's a good point. If we're not hearing on from the Lord, things, you're, maybe you're, you're, we've hardened you're our hearts. You're not hearing from Him. Yeah, that's a good point. Is that Linda saying that? Yes. Linda, hi. Good. So, uh, I want to follow up on what Linda just said. Backing up to verse 8, where that's quoted from, there's rebellion that's mentioned there. Mm -hmm. Rebellion. So they were, they, they had gone through some issues in the wilderness. Obey quickly. Want to hear from him. 
Say that again. Yes, you want to hear from, hear from him all the time. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, fear, being afraid of God, afraid of doing, afraid of obeying his will, could be a hindrance. What do you think? Because it's the opposite of faith. It's like if Abraham, when God said, go and sacrifice your only son Isaac, if he had said, no, Lord, out of fear, it's like he didn't want to lose Isaac. Um, you know, that could have caused him to disobey and harden his heart. So I was thinking, too, that just the hardening has to do with our heart, not being bendable. Like we don't bend to the Lord. And so I started thinking of Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bend to humble myself. I don't want to bend to serve. Maybe I don't want to bend to forgive. Those would be signs right away. Yes. My heart's getting hard. My heart's getting hard and I need to get before the Lord and repent, one. Mm -hmm. And two, to uh, ask him, like, if there's a root to that, Besides my own rebellion, my own pride, but I think when we see ourselves not bending to Him, not choosing to love, not choosing to cover, yeah. not choosing to be gracious, um, those are signs of hardness. Yeah. That's good, Karen. Okay, so Denise, so she said one way to unharden your heart would be to to obey and like obey with enthusiasm. Like if you've hardened your heart against evangelism and you said, no, I'm not going to go share, it would be to do the opposite and like to go and share more, right? Cheryl. So I, I Anyone else that you want. 
So are you saying he is hearing God or he's not hearing God? He denies that he's not hearing God. Okay. So you think he's not hearing God? I think so. Because the verse says, what we're, um, what we're reading is about hardened hearts. So you sense he has a hardened heart? I think it's a lot more common for people uh, that have a hardened heart not to be aware that they have a hardened heart. Yes. And, and so, you know, um, what's interesting about the verse that you shared is, is it says, um, what it says in verse 13 is, um, we, we don't want you to, I'm, this is paraphrase, we don't want you to have a hardened heart. Therefore, encourage one another. And that way, the encouragement somehow counteracts the tendency to have a hardened heart. And, and uh, uh, so that, that's one thing to do. I'm not saying encourage your pastor necessarily, but, but, um, but one thing that this does say is that um, when you, uh, that decision to break fellowship is a big honking decision because you've cut off one of the few means that that person has to actually come back into fellowship right. you don't have to embrace you know whatever it is that they're hardening about sometimes it's 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 sin but but you kind of stay in the mix and you text every now and then you send an email etc just to kind of stay in the mix and, and help them through the through the encouragement process and I was just thinking about you know um, relationships that I've had where I was able to be completely vulnerable and and open, those were the relationships, and, and they're rare, um, because it has to be mutual, right. you know. Uh, uh, those are the relationships that bring the most fruit at the greatest depth, and that's, I think, what this verse is getting at, is, is to have that with one another, you know, at a very, and it takes time, and it takes investment, and, and sacrifice, you know, but anyway, I
stay in the place together, Father. So mm. I will encourage the young people to know they spend a lot of time with God and go and you have the initiative ready now because your back is full. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. get your power, your courage, and go ahead. And um, I wanted to attack the third question you had. Wait, if somebody can, can, did you all hear what Daniela shared? No. Okay, let me just, before she goes on. So, help me remember. <laughs> Boldness. Boldness. And your needs. Yeah. So, like, for example, if you haven't been, if you didn't want to witness, and so you're changing your mind, like God shows you that you need to witness, then pray, start by praying that he will give you boldness, that he will give you the desire to do it, or whatever area where you've been in disobedience, unbelief. Start by praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help you change your heart, give you the love, the boldness, the whatever you need to, to be obedient. Feeling with the Holy Spirit, it comes with power, and this area when we're weak, you know, that power goes there. Yeah, wherever we have weakness, that's where the Holy Spirit channels his power to. So, all right, she has one more point. And uh, uh, it said if somebody had a heart and heart and how they came out of it, I know all of us had. <laughs> Mine was the hardest. Oh. <laughs> I say, you know, because it was really hard. And that is true. And that time, I, I was not even aware how hard it was. But there was like the onion kept peeling one layer and after the other, and it's still probably in the process of the restoration, the peeling. So for me, it was really hard at that time because I felt like I condemned myself. I felt people condemning me. I felt even God condemned me until I kind of peel enough onion until I confess enough, until I pray enough that I felt. I started to hear God's voice, but it was very hard perseverance to get back to the place to hear God. Did you hear that? Did anyone hear what Daniela just shared? No. No? Okay. How do we recap it? Do you want me to come closer and say it again? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Danielle, come over. She was a hard onion. Hard <laughs> onion, yeah, with a lot of layers. Yeah. So she was saying that she had a hard heart once. I had very. Maybe you can come over here and up. There you go. Yeah. So. I don't know. So I felt like I had a very hard and hard, and. Um, and my process was, I, I was not even aware of it, and, um, but I just felt like I could not hear God, and I was really pursuing that relationship, that hearing God and feeling soft again. But there was like layers and layers of healing the onion until I got to the point where I started to hear, did I say it enough? That I started to hear God uh, again. But it was, um, I felt like I condemned myself. I felt people were condemning me. I felt like even God was condemning me until I, I got to the point of understanding 
that he was not condemning me. He was with me in the process and I was just too very in my mess. And my case was unforgiveness and hurt and bitterness. And it was just so hard to overcome that. But the more I sense a little softness in one wall and another softness in another wall, I felt like the sun was shining, it was warming up my heart. And the more I could trust to break the other walls around me that were like just like uh, so high uh, up that I could not come out of it. So I was working together with God. The more I felt the, the sun shining, the more it was melting the, mm. the walls. And I was just kind of like pursuing that little uh, wave of... Uh, a race, how do you call that, with the sun? Sun's rays. Rays, yeah. So I was just working together in the area where I felt the Holy Spirit was really sweet in my heart, and then the more I was working in that area, the more he would show me other areas that are as as, as hard as that one, or even more. I felt like I was coming a little bit more out of prison. If I could give an example, it would be like somebody said that, somebody fall in the fountain or in something deep and then um, the way out was that people were just throwing uh, something to bury him there or something. It was just a, a, a funny explanation. But the, the guy was taking the opportunity to put that, you know, the, the problems down. He kept burying the problems and they kept stepping on them. And that kind of the problems lifted me up. Instead of burying me, they kind of, you know, made me strive to step out of it. If, am, am I making mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. You know, like you bury it down, but instead of being buried down, you kept, you know, pushing under your feet and then you can lift yourself up so you come out of it. That was my way of feeling like I was taking out of it. So did you have to make a choice to not let the problems be over your head burying you but to put them under your feet yes and like use them as a stepping stool to climb out yes yeah and then even in a way here I, I got a phone call and then um, I talked to Lizzie and there was a sensitive thing that she brought somebody else's name and right away it was a decision in my mind that person hurt me really bad and I'm like, okay, she's gonna be talking to my enemy. And it was right away the Holy Spirit kicked in. I was like, are you trusting me? Mm -hmm. You forgive. And it's kind of like reminding me, keep forgiving as much as it comes. And I'm not saying, you know, be vulnerable again and put your heart on the line to be hurt again. But what I'm saying right away, I had to make that decision. Lord, I'm in your team. I'm not going back in my messes, in my pain. I'm stepping over that. I will forgive again. Mm. I will forgive again. Send him greetings. I will forgive again. It doesn't matter how people feel about me. I will forgive again. And mm. please help me, Lord. That's kind of how I'm stepping out of my people. So was there, was there somebody in your life when you were peeling the onion that was helping you or um, who you were um, talking to during that time? or? something like that, a relationship? There were, uh, I had a very, very uh, good friend um, uh, that was very honest with me. 
mean, she was very tender, the way she approached Mabishiba, she was saying, you know what, here you are bitter. And there were different people trying to come as close as they could, but because I was hurt, I probably got more hurt by them, by people trying to be honest with me. So it has to be very tender relationship to be able to speak the truth. But the truth needed to be spoken. And you had one. You had one of And I had one of these relationships that would pray with me, that would be honest with me. And I had a lot of people that loved me through the process with me, with my messes, and top of my head. But, uh, and they were mourning with me in the situation and helping me come out of it. And it was so important to have people that love me with the poop in my head, I would mm -hmm. call it, you know. To love me enough to know that they were praying for me. And when they had a little opportunity, they would give me uh, the, to choose between hope or go down. So those are a lot of people that were kind of encouraging me to choose hope instead. But then there was another relationship with the more trust that she would say, you know, look at the other face, look at the other situation, look at the, you could be going that direction and this will be the result. Mm. Okay, this is what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, a little bit, you were talking about the importance of community and how the hardening heart melts in the context of community and that's what it sounds like you had. And I was saying uh, the pain was really deep. It was, uh, and uh, it took a lot of years and uh, we pursued the reconciliation. Uh, the other party only could go a little bit. And there's, you know, all of us are Christians and God's people and doing what God, but everybody has different way of approaching the reconciliation. And I love them and I'm still afraid of them, but I'm, I still love them. You know, it's that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. But I'm, what I'm saying is, I would say, in order, when we see people hurt, in order to just give them the truth, give them love so they can trust you when you give them the truth. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And don't let them just stay there, oh, we all see that person has some problems. Get involved in their life, I would say. Love them passionately, Romanian, you know? Love them passionately so don't run away off label, you know? Because they do, when they're so hooked up, they need more love than mm -hmm. when we're all good. So good. Did y'all hear that? People in Jesse? Did everybody hear what Danielle shared? I, I, all I could get out of it was um, she chose to be, um, to obey God, and I, that's what, you know, and love others. Mm -hmm. Love those. close friend 
who would encourage her and love her as well as speak the truth and tell her I think you're bitter in this area but it, it wasn't in a condemning way and like she had enough she had built a trust so that and there was so much love she knew her friend loved her so when she told her I think you're bitter that you know she wasn't defensive whereas other people who just said you're bitter you know that kind of made things worse because they didn't have that love relationship with her. And it probably helps to pray a lot for somebody before you confront them about their hardness or their bitterness. To pray or anything, actually. <laughs> anything that they might go, <laughs> you probably want to pray a lot first. <laughs> Maybe have someone else pray with you too. Yeah, that's true. Not in a gossipy way, but. Yeah, if you have to confront somebody. Maybe Dan can speak into that area. Anybody else wanna? So Dan, do you think it's our job to confront somebody in our fellowship if if we see that they're becoming hardened by the deceitfulness of sin? Um, well, the verse that you read says it's our job to be in relationship with one another, for sure. And so there should be, I'm just thinking everybody, everybody in Christian fellowship should have a relationship somewhere where you can say to yourself, if I ever get hardened, that dude's gonna confront me. <laughs> and, if, and if he ever gets hardened, I'm gonna, I know that he does, I know his life and he doesn't have very many voices in his life and that's my responsibility. So I. I don't know that I want to be, you know, uh, the person known for confronting everyone, but I know that there are relationships in my life where I'm expected to call them out because I know where their heart's at. I mean, I know, I know where they want to be, and when they start to divert, I know that there are not too many people that, that, I mean, that would call them out on it. And so, 